Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rainbow City, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? Hey, this is Thomas Winborn here with the ReChurch Podcast. Glad to have you with us again. Hey, this is a week where Tyler is here as our guest on the show, and so I wanted to take a moment and uh, just thank you, Tyler, for being here with us today. Dude, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so excited to be here on this podcast. It's been a dream of mine. Well, I'm glad we could help you out. I mean, we do take people that have dreams of this, and every once in a while try to put them in the spot where they can get their dream met on this podcast. So thanks for being a part of it. Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm just excited to be here, so... Well, I've got some questions for you leading off here, some questions we like to go through on the podcast. So uh, talk to us about who's got your ear right now, ministry-wise or anything else in the world. Let me just say this in the front end, though. It can't be anything CrossFit. Oh, it can't be anything CrossFit. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, this doesn't have anything to do with CrossFit. Oh, that's good. Yeah, congratulations. So um, I've been listening to the Jocko podcast um, from Jocko Willink. If you're not familiar with Jocko, um, I mentioned I actually quoted him on my sermon um, this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, talking about, he's, he's just a leadership guru. I mean, a lot of what he does is from the military, um, you know, leading, leading SEAL team three, if I'm not mistaken, that's a SEAL team that he led. And so, um, it's just good to listen to, you know, taking those, um, just taking those, those, those leadership principles and applying them even to my ministry has been, you know, very beneficial for me. What about you, bro? It's good, man. I've been listening to the Rebuilders podcast. I just got put onto this. My wife actually put me onto this. Uh, they've kind of restarted it. It's Red Church in Australia. Mark Sayers is the lead pastor there. We love us some Mark Sayers. Yeah, man. He's uh, a great exegete of culture. And uh, this particular restart they're doing is about leading through crisis. And so it's been really helpful just to kind of listen to that and hear some things they have going on and to be encouraged. Uh, in fact, I'm really encouraged by it. So you might want to check that out. Yeah, um, I, I've actually never heard of that podcast, so I'm going to dive into that one as soon as I leave here today. Yeah, so it's Rebuilders, and it's by Leading Through Crisis. They've got other stuff before mm-hmm. that, but yeah. yeah. So who are you worshiping with, Tyler? So, man, Thomas was making fun of me about this album earlier. Um, it's called The Lo- the name of the band is The Local Sound. Um, they kind of have this really pop feel to them. They're kind of, if you're familiar with anything, Hillsong Young and Free, kind of like, you know, this very pop music. But I would they did say this it's, album. it's electronica pop. Oh, dude, it, 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 that's what I mean. It's, it, it's, it's modern pop. Like that's, okay. that, that is, come on, man, catch up, bro. Dude, now it's more so than most <laughs> other pop I've listened to. It is. Much it, it, more it, electronica. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of electronica in it. Um, but um, the name of the album is Sunday School. Um, <laughs> if you like to enjoy a good throwback every now and then you have to listen to the song like open the eyes of my heart yeah if you grew up or if you remember the songs of the 90s in church where you're embarrassed yeah. now to have that I on your shelf and your kids listen to it forever. you know yeah, like that. That. oh yeah but <laughs> it doesn't sound that, that good it doesn't sound that good it's actually a little bit worse than that but no but like they take it and they, they kind of put their own spin to it and I, I really enjoy it. Thomas was making fun of me. He said I left those songs back in the '90s. But yeah, they need to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you're interested in that kind of thing, I would encourage you to go check it out. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. And uh, I've been listening to a couple of things. King's Kaleidoscope. I've been going back to them. This one song I just love. I don't know. If, I don't think my wife likes it as much as I do. Sticks and Stones. Oh man, such a good one. I love that song. And um, man, I cannot get away from City of Light. Man, only a holy God has yeah. been ripping through my brain and heart lately. So, a uh, really good. Um, yeah, let me mention something about Sticks and Stones. This is just a side note. Yeah. I was just, there's like a car commercial that comes on TV. Um, I don't know if y'all watch commercials anymore, but I was listening to it and the beat of it is sticks and stones oh that's funny yeah and i was like i was like where do i know that that's king's kaleidoscope i mean yeah. I, was, I was they're on a buick commercial what and so nice. kind of crazy nice what are you reading so i flipped through this book um 
once again, John Piper, a lot of his resources are free. I don't know if you yeah. know that, but that, I mean, desiringgod.org, desiringgod.org. Yes. And so many of his just books are out there for free. I've been flipping through his book, Bloodlines. Um, I kind of flipped through it this past weekend when That's I was good. out of town. Um, it's a book about, you know, race, the cross, and the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Um, absolutely just great book, especially in the midst of our current cultural moment. And so I would encourage anyone to read that yeah, book. Yeah, this is not something he just put out. I mean, this has no, been out for a long time. 2011 yeah. was when yeah. it came out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's so good. What about you, brother? Uh, raising Passionate Jesus Followers. Uh, and I talk to my wife a lot on here today, but uh, she's been encouraging me to read this. And uh, just getting into it, it's a uh, great book about... About how to raise up followers of Jesus, which kind of goes in line with what we're talking about today on here, is by Phil and Diane Comer. You've heard us talk about John Mark Comer. Well, this is his parents. Yeah, his parents. yeah so Phil and Diane Comer, raising passionate follower Jesus, raising passionate Jesus followers. And I would say it's right up there with Paul David Tripp on parenting. I mean, oh, one wow. of the best books so far that I've been exposed to about raising children that love Jesus. And I mean, their son's a pastor, so I mean, like, yeah. I know. It's going to work. I, I, I mean, all their, all their kids have, are walking in that way, yeah, so it's so really good. Really good. Yeah, what's a book everybody needs to read, Tyler? So just kind of going with the topic of today's podcast, you know, what we're going to be talking about here in just a minute. I went with The Lightlings by R.C. Sproul. Such a good book. Um, R.C. Sproul is one of my favorite pastors. He passed away a few years ago. Um, you know, just such a gift to the church. Yep. And he wrote kids' books, which yep. a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah. And so I would encourage you, if you want a great gospel-centric allegory, very, I mean, kind of in the line of C.S. Lewis in a lot of ways, yep. Yep. but, you know, very allegory-driven, but so clearly presents the gospel, The Lightlings is that book. Yeah, Lightlings is really good, and it's it's one of those. It's kind of fantasy. It's short enough for kids to stay mm-hmm. with if they're little. Uh, it's got they, there's even a little movie that you can watch yeah. with them if you want to get that kind of like it's not claymation, but kind of that style of movie. Um, it's just a really good book. He's got a lot of others that are really good too. Yeah. Um, and, and the ones I'm picking out then also are, are kids' books. And uh, the first one is G- the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd Jones. Incredible. Yeah, man. Every how every story in the Bible points us to Jesus. Yeah. And it's just a great resource. It is for kids that are more elementary school age. And so um, you get into like, you know, kindergarten and up. It's a good book. Before that, one of my favorite books, man, and it's still one of my favorite memories of my kids in, in, in when they're growing up years early on, like early on, would be The Hug a Bible by Sally yeah, Lloyd Jones. Brooks loves his Hug a Bible. Man, it is the best. It's soft cover. Mm-hmm. It feels like kind of cottony on the outside. Um, and then you open it up and, and it's got maybe, I don't know, 15 stories yeah. in it, something like that. And like super simple. They all rhyme. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just really every story is every Bible story in there is two verses of four lines each, mm-hmm. and so I literally would sing them, sing them to my kids when I would make up songs and sing them all. And um, man, we just loved it. My kids loved that every night before we went to bed. Yeah, so. the um, the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, the story about Leah. Oh, yeah, Leah good. and Jacob yeah. and um, and Rebecca. I mean, oh my! It changed how I preached uh, dude, that story. Oh my goodness! I mean, it is absolutely incredible, yeah, bro. I mean, good. um, when I, I'll never forget, you told me to read it when you first came, yeah, and yeah. I got it, and I was like, I gotta get this for my kid. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I was like a new dad. I was like, I gotta get, <laughs> I I get this. So like, I went home. I was like, Hey, Brooks, you need to sit down and read this. Yeah. He's like three months old. Some so. would be embarrassed <laughs> to say this. I'm not embarrassed. I literally, if I know that the story I'm preaching on that week is in the Jesus Storybook Bible, I will go and read that in my prep. Mm-hmm. Because it just gives me like a kid's understanding level, and it's so helpful for and it me personally. To Christ. Yeah, Jesus it, is yeah, the hero. Exactly, Jesus is the hero. So. It's good stuff. Which leads us into you know our topic for the day. Yeah. So this well, your is host, the your host. Yeah, I know. So. so you're taking over again. Uh, <laughs> 
Our topic today is about the 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 role of parents in the disciple making of their kids. Yeah. Okay, and so we are by no means experts in this field. I mean, both of us have young children, um, and so we are we are not saying that we are the best at this. What we are saying is we're going to talk about today uh, about this truth that parents are the primary disciple makers of families. Yes, that parents are the primary disciple makers of families. Uh, that disclaimer again: we are not the experts. We read a lot of experts. Um, we are just bringing up our kids, and it is hard, and it is uh, a work in progress. Uh, Tyler, I mean, you've got an 18 month old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just figuring things out for the first time. Do you feel like you're an expert yet? Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 I'm. There are so many times that, I mean, even now, where I look and I go, man, I failed him. Like, yeah, you know, like, I, like, sure. I, like, I mean, and, and so, and it's it's very overwhelming. I mean, and just yeah. being honest, but I mean, no, I'm definitely not an expert. What about you, man? You no, got five. But five kids, <laughs> eight and under, and no, I feel like we're flying by the seat of our pants. We have things in order. We know what's going on. We know where our kids are in development. We're working with them all, but it's always a learning curve. Yeah. And I feel like we're at the bottom of that learning curve all the time. Um, so that that's the disclaimer for us is that we are not sitting here telling you how to do it because we do it perfectly. Instead, what I want to be careful love is this idea that I think that many of us, and I'm talking about myself even, if we're not careful, we will fall into the trap of relegating the responsibility of discipling our children to vocational ministers who have been, quote, trained for this, right? Yeah. So in other words, we're giving that over to the church leadership yeah. instead of keeping that responsibility and owning that responsibility, or even worse, we've given our children over to being discipled by Netflix, Mm-hmm. Or by Disney Plus, Disney Plus, by sports teams, mm-hmm. leaders, coaches, which could be good influences, but they cannot be the primary disciple makers. Dude, like being in student ministry, you know, I see this a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just, and in, in all reality, vocational ministers cannot compete with those things. No. Because they spend so much more time away from the church. Yeah. And, and they spend so much more time with coaches and with those things. And, and like, I know some really godly coaches. Like, I know some really godly, you know, the, and, and, but the thing is, is I don't know. I mean, there was just a case a couple of years ago where there was this coach leading a Bible study that a couple of my kids of a previous church went to. And they came back and talked to me about what they were teaching. I was like, bro, like, he's teaching that? Like, are you, are you serious? He's I mean, teaching heresy. Yeah, it was like, yeah. like straight. I mean, just, I mean, it was false teaching. False teaching, yeah. And I was, and, and I was appalled. I was like, man, and, and these parents were letting their kids go to it, you know, because it was the baseball coach. You know, and, and I mean, we were meeting some of the same days as that coach, but they went to that because, well, he's the baseball coach. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, it, it's just vocational ministers, even though that, yes, we are trained in these things and all this, the purpose of the vocational minister is to equip. Yes. Not to be the primary disciple maker of your family and, 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 and of you even. I mean, I mean, we are there to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Well, that's the thing I think that's been wrong in ministry for years. Yeah. And, I, and I think it could go on for eons, right? I mean, generations is that we have relegated this over to paid clergy, Mm-hmm. Right. This is part of why the Reformation happened. The Reformation happened because they wanted to break away from that bifurcation of paid clergy and the pew goers. Yeah. Right. And so 
we though our role is to equip people so our job should be to equip parents to be the disciple makers in their home if all we do is actually disciple your children disciple your teenagers or just disciple you yeah. alone but we're not equipping you to be disciple makers mm. then we have failed you 100% and that that's just a real problem that i think the church has across the board man when you talk about it, what is the goal what is the what is the mission the church has laid out how are we accomplishing the 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 Matthew 28 great commission we all know it yeah. but are we accomplishing it in a way where we are making disciples who then go for go therefore and make disciples of their kids yes. of their families of their friends in their workplaces mm-hmm. is a real problem and part of it is this crazy part right we think about like well the church could do it so much better let's put that in context so if you bring your kids to our church events get get outside of covid right if you yeah. bring your kids to our church events and it's on Wednesday night and Sunday mornings let's say you're the super christian family that comes two days a week then I mean, we know right now people aren't doing that. Most no. people that are considered regular churchgoers right now, by the way, statistically, are only showing up it's one like, to two times a month mm-hmm. for it's Sundays. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like 2.4 times a month, or I don't yeah, know where yeah. they got the 0.4 from, but yeah. it's, it's like 2.4 times a month that they're showing up, and that's considered a regular attender. Yeah, that's considered a very committed person. So let's say, though, that you bring your kids Sunday night, yeah. Wednesday, or sorry, Sunday morning and Wednesday night. If you do that, then you're giving us, and let's say you do that for 50 weeks a year. Yeah. We have 100 hours of educational time with your children. Yes, I mean, and, and, and I mean, like, even putting this out, you know, into some more, like, even breaking down the numbers even further. If your kid only comes to a church on Wednesday night, like, that's it. They are coming less than one hundredth of a percent. Like, it's like yeah. 0.05%. If they come on just Sundays, they're only at church for 2% of the year. Yeah. Sundays and Wednesdays, they're at everything we do. It's only around 3% of the year. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, that's so, insane. So put that in context a little bit even more. So 100 hours a year we have with your children. 3% of the year. Right. But if you are at home with them, let's say from 5 to 9, you have quality time with your kids. You're around your kids from 5 to 9, uh, Monday through Friday, and then you have the weekend. Then you're averaging about 2,700 hours of time to train your child every year. Mm-hmm. So the, the real problem is, is that are we taking advantage of that or are we giving that time over to others, whether purposefully or not, whether we realize it or not, to others to disciple our mm-hmm. kids? And that's a real struggle we have. We'll catch ourselves, letting our kids watch stuff on TV, uh, do other things, be around other people, and are we being intentional? Are we discipling yeah. them? And not that those things are, are necessarily bad things, right? Like, sure. it's, like it's okay to, you know, go on vacations. It's okay to yeah. miss church. It's okay. But the problem is is that so many times when we're doing that, even the best of things on this earth can offer can take us away from, can take us away from discipleship. Well, here's, here's, here's part of the problem is what yeah. you just said, right? That it's okay to go on vacation. It's okay to do this. It's okay not to come to church yes. on a Sunday morning to go to the river and hang out with your families on occasion. Yes, that's okay. And that's okay because you should be discipling your kids as you do those things. Yes. Discipleship is not what happens at the breakfast table only. Discipleship is what happens as you walk with your kids and point them to Jesus all throughout exactly. your day, all the time. 100%. So, so let's talk about why don't parents do this? So Tyler, tell us a few reasons of why you think parents don't disciple their children um, in, in a way that, that is purposeful. Yeah, I think the first and biggest one is that they feel ignorant, that they feel like they, that they, that they don't know, that they just don't know. So what they do is that they, they feel ignorant, so they go, well, he's trained, she's trained to do it, I'll mm. let them do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're the Sunday school teacher. Another one's fear of messing up, which is... That's a very like Shoot, very yeah, yeah that's yeah. a very valid fear. Who wants to be responsible for messing their kids up, especially oh, when it comes to God? Goodness gracious! Like yeah. I mean, and I mean even I mean, and here's the thing: like 
my biggest fear of messing up is where if I tell my son to do one thing and then I sin in front of him. Does that make, like, you know what <laughs> sure. I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. now he's 18 months old, like, you know, a lot of that. But man, like there's times where like, you know, I get angry and like, I like, I mean, and, and you know, and, and those things yeah. and you're going, man, like, wait, you're a sinner. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, bro. Like crazy. <laughs> I just totally confess that to everybody. I'm so sorry. I know everybody had this perfect view of me, but anyway, <laughs> um, another third, a third one is, um, are not focusing. They're not focusing on disciple making. Um, they're focusing on other things. Um, you know, and, yeah. I, and man, I can fall into that. You let's know? put, let's put that in yeah. context a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, uh, not focusing on disciple making. So what are we focusing on? We're focusing on schoolwork, make mm-hmm. sure the kids get their schoolwork done. Extracurricular activities. Extra, just baseball, volleyball, whatever they're doing, right. Getting people involved in extracurriculars. What are some other things that people are probably doing there? Man. Um, watching Netflix shows. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, like I was talking, out. yeah, I was talking to, I was talking to one family like they, one of the things they did was they watched, they binge watch stranger things together. Yeah. Which I love Stranger Things. Yeah, me too, man. Like it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. But man, like you spent that much time watching Stranger Things together. Like, 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 like sure. Binge, and which is a great time to spend time together. But yeah, man, like that time could have been spent on something else. You know. Yeah, I mean, so so what are we spending our time on, right? And and that's the question. With it's not that you have to be doing church all the time or doing no. Bible study all the time. And the the, the question is, are you actually focusing at all? on these things and is yeah. it because you're fearful because you don't know what to do or how to do that and that's part of our fault that's the church's fault we have failed to give and equip people with the skills necessary to disciple their yeah. families there was a friend of mine i saw on facebook just a few weeks ago he was talking about how it's a really struggle to get his son to sit down for like bible study time like, you know, like this guy's in ministry and um he said that one of the things he's like made a point to do is like any moment he can't interject the gospel yes and he said that they were like walking by a creek and they saw a dead animal yeah and that this is the first time his son had ever seen a dead animal. And he's like, why did that son, why, why did that, why did that animal die? Like, why, like, why, what is, like, and so he explained the concept of death in this dead animal that he found by the side of the yeah, creek that's good. and then interjected the gospel and said, Hey, this is why things die, die but this is the remedy to death. Yeah. Like one day, everything is going to die. And so, I mean, and five years old, he said, he said this, he said his son was just like completely tuned in yeah, because sure. they were in, they were in an element of these things. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you could take stranger things and somehow like interject the gospel <laughs> into that, right. like the hero narratives and all yeah, these things yeah, that, you yeah. know, we see in so many like Western theater, which we'll get to our entire podcast on. Um, but in all reality, if we could figure out ways to interject the gospel into every conversation that we have, which we should be doing, you know, seeing, seeing the silver thread. I think that that's a perfect way to disciple your sure. children because you're discipling as you go, as you move. So yeah, so, so let's talk about that even further then. So what you're talking about there, and I agree with you fully on, is that we have to look at it. discipleship is not something we do for an hour a week or for a few minutes in the morning, although those are included in that. Yeah. Discipleship is about walking in relationship in such a way that you're continually pointing your family to Jesus, 100%. right? So if that's the case, then what are these components of being that disciple-making parent that we all want to be, but feel like we probably can't be or don't know how to be, right? So what what are some of those? So give us one of those, Tyler. So the, the first one is simply this, making God and their following of, of, of God, you know, pursuing God, the biggest priority, yeah. like, 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 like the, the, uh, the utmost priority. Um, I, I saw a, um, there was, there was a, I saw this at like some kind of student ministry gathering one time and he talked about, he said, you know, so many times we put Jesus at like the top of the list. The problem is that we're putting Jesus on top of things that he is already so superior to that Jesus needs to be on his own list. Mm, like, yeah. like he needs to be like the, the highest pursuit. I mean, even Jesus says this, right? In yeah. Luke 14, where he says, you know, 
you, you, if you were going to follow me, you must hate. Like, I mean, he uses that language, sure. yeah. your father, your mother, your sister, your brother. And he goes through this list and then you can follow me. Yeah. Man, that's intense. Yeah. And, now, and, and, and Jesus isn't telling us God like hate our wives or hate our children or anything. But what he is saying is that we need to love him so much that it looks like hate. Yeah, to the them. extreme and, and, is so yes, big. The, 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 it's so wide. The problem is, though, is that we make we put God or Jesus. I mean, no, like, God or Jesus. We put God as like our priority, as like the top of the list. Yeah, we put him as like in the checklist. Well, I checked off my God time. Yeah, that's not how it's supposed to be when you follow Jesus. No, that's not how it's supposed to be when you're making disciples. So it's basically being aware of His presence with you uh, all yes. throughout the day. Yes, and just seeking speaking his to Him as you walk in that presence. And when you make God and your following of Him a priority in your family, what you're doing is you're saying, "I'm going to stop. I'm going to start my day with this, or I'm going to finish my day with this, and I'm going to make sure that that is at the forefront. That's more important than a lot of other things." If we're so worried about here, here's the perspective I was going to give earlier, right? That we're so worried about our kids getting a good grade in a class or mm-hmm. having a good GPA to get into college or hitting a baseball solid. or hitting a baseball solid, which or, are good yeah, things. I want my kids squad, to do those things well dance. as well. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? That is, they might live to be a hundred years old. And so we're so focused on spending so much of our time on things that will only last 100 years that we're not even seeing the fact that the majority of what we should be spending our time on, we almost spend no time on statistically in families, which is on a relationship with God. And that's what's going to be going on for, for eternity, eternity, which is a million, billion, hundred years. Yeah, you're we, right? we can't even measure it, right? Yes. And, yes. So, and, and so we focus so much on these temporal things. Because it's in our face. Yes. But we have to switch gears on that and make God and our relationship with him, uh, mm-hmm. that has to be the priority. When we do that as dads or as moms, that will help our kids to see that. They will model that yes. I can't even go back to say how it impacted me when Hannah first was able to start noticing what we were doing in Sunday morning gatherings. She would stand there next to us or I'd hold her and she would watch me and her mother worship. And I saw the impact. One, I can't remember how old, maybe like three or four years old. I remember looking in her eyes when I was singing to the Lord and I kind of looked down and she was just staring at us with these eyes, taking it all in, being critical and looking and calculating what's yeah. happening. And it was just so impactful to me that everything I'm doing right now is impacting her. That's the way it is every moment of every day that I'm around her. Yep. And so we have to honestly, constantly be aware that our relationship with God, if it's not really the priority, it won't be for our kids either. The other day, um, it, was, it was a few Sundays ago, I think last Sunday, maybe two Sundays ago, I was sitting in the back of the room and um, just kind of just watching the room. You know, we're, we're back, regathered in person. And I'm just always taking it in because, I mean, I'm yeah. never going to take for granted the, sure. the fact that we can regather yeah, in person, yeah. you know. And I looked over and there was a family sitting there worshiping together. And the dad was holding his son and he had his hands lifted in worship. Mm. And his son, who is, you know, three, four years old, had his hand lifted in worship. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and, and I'm sitting there going, man, like that moment right there. That's how we're a family for families. You sure. know, like, like that like that that fits into our vision because he is not just worshiping the Lord. He is discipling his son in that moment. Yep. And his son, I mean, n- obviously not, you know, not having the cognition to go, hey, I'm worshiping Jesus. I mean, sure. which he may, you know, I don't know. But he was co- like copying his dad in yep. worship. Yeah. How beautiful is that? That's how we learn. That's how yeah, we teach yeah, our kids, and, and, right? And, and, and so, like, that's that's a dad making God yep. the utmost uh, priority. 
Yeah. So it was, and just, you, it was and, just really beautiful. And you've already mentioned intentionally engaging our children with the gospel yes. regularly. That takes work. It takes effort. But one of the ways we can do that best is by confessing our sin and repenting before our children regularly. I've been making that a practice since Brooks was born. You know, yeah. you, you told me that. I remember you telling me that, you know, right before Brooks was born to, to make a practice of that. And that's something that, you know, I still struggle with, you sure. know, because I mean, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, he's 18 months old. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, <laughs> Making a practice of it now is going to pay dividends when he's 16 years old. Yeah, and I sin against him. You know. Yeah, and I, and I think it's also a community event, right? So sometimes you repent to your child. You know, hey son, I should not have been so harsh with you. Yeah. Please forgive me. Uh, I should not have done that. That was wrong. Other times it needs to be, hey, everybody, come over here for a minute. You saw me be this way to this child. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm telling you, I was wrong. I'm repenting. Would you please forgive me? And you, as a family, would you forgive me for not being a model of Jesus or in even, this. I mean, even repenting to your kids for seeing how you even maybe spoke to your wife yes. or anything yep. like that. I yep. mean, like it's, I mean, they take in so much, you know? And so it, just having that intentionality just to say, Hey, I'm going to interject the gospel into this. I'm going to repent of sin. I'm going to live a life that's marked by confession. I'm going to live a life that is, you know, prayer, like, like, yep. like just taking a moment to pray. I mean, there's so many moments in my life that I think about where, you know, my dad would pray over a situation yeah. or my mom would, would pray over a situation. And then the moment I'd be like, why in the world are we praying right now? So let me, let me bullet it down but, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. But, but I mean, just the biggest thing was those were moments of gospel intentionality. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, so I, this is the, the thing I think. Let's bullet down. What do you do if you're starting at like ground zero? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I would give just a few things. Yes. So one, pray over your kids before you leave to go to work your wife and your kids pray over, or if you're a single mom or pray over your kids, pray over your family um, to pray over them before they go to sleep. That's just two big, easy things. Very easy. Um, let them see you cracking open a Bible. Yes. Okay. Let them hear you confessing sin before them. Even if you're praying together at night, you just confess sin to them that you had committed during the day, confessing sin, do that. And then when you have an opportunity when you have a moment as you're sitting there on the couch, as you're watching TV, as you're out walking in the yard or riding bicycles, you just ask questions to them to say, hey, what do you think about this? How how do you understand Jesus? How do you understand it? You don't have to have all the answers. You just need to ask and create you know, conversation opportunities. And I think another one, and just to, just to put this in there, is, you know, good Christian music. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. like, you spend so much time in the car and... I mean, I'm constantly have music playing. And so what am I listening to around my son? Yeah. You know, what am I listening to or even around around my teenagers here at church? Like, like what am I listening to? What am I engaging them with um, in music? Because, I mean, think about how many songs are stuck in our heads that yep. just, I mean, they're, they're good songs, but they're not like songs that point to the gospel, yep. you know, and all those things. And so that's one thing that I always try to be mindful of is like finding good Christian music yeah. and just good songs to point back to the gospel. Yeah. And let me point it out, you know, take it a little further too. So one, I, one of the things I do as a family, I love to do this. Uh, we do this often, not as often as we wish we would, but we will, and maybe it's not a good idea at the time when we do it. I don't know. But usually later in the evening, we're ready to go to bed and our kids will be like, let's have a dance party. And that's, that's, 
that's our code for we're going to turn on YouTube. We're going to hit a channel that we like that has like City of Light or it has um, whatever music we like, yeah. King's Kaleidoscope. And we just play Christian, usually worship music, and we just dance. And I get up and I dance with my kids. Now, I would never do that in front of most of you. Yes. Right. And, and, but I will do that with my kids and I will act the fool. That's really because funny. Because I, I w- the same thing right before Brooks goes to bed. <laughs> yeah. like, like, we have a dance party and we listen to like Lecrae or yeah, like. Yeah. Like, you know, something that engages through the gospel. Yeah, so I didn't mean it's to good. No, no, no. Yeah, that. it's good. It's just funny that we do the same thing right before bed. Like, like I say, Brooks, you get one song to dance to. Let's dance. Yeah, man. And we'll do that. It's such a good thing. So do dance parties with your kids to worship music. Have worship music playing in the background at home while you're doing things. But here's one more thing. Um, we talk about praying. I think sometimes people get weirded out about praying. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Pray simple, genuine prayers that really are what you feel in your heart. So like this, this is what we pray every day before we eat a meal. And it could be so rote, but we try to make it notch by how we say it. But I'll say, Lord, I thank you. This is the same prayer every time. Lord, I thank you for this food. And I thank you so very much for my family. Yes. And Lord, we thank you so much, most of all, for Jesus. Mm. Amen. That's that's what I pray before we eat. It's simple. It's the same every time, just about. We may add a little bit, take a little bit away sometimes, but that's just something simple, showing your heart toward the Lord before your kids is what we're talking about. So let's talk real quick before we're done about resources. Um, we got a list of a few resources we want to throw at you guys. Yes. Uh, you start off with the first one because I know you like this. Yeah, the New City Catechism for Kids. I actually recommended this. So yep. It was on the recommended books, and they have one specifically for kids. 52 questions uh, for your kids uh, just to walk through the year, one for each week. It's phenomenal. I've went through it once. It's great. And so yeah, the app you can just download the yeah. app. You pay me if you pay for it. I don't remember. And it has how to sing the sing the text, sing the the truth. Um, really good. Another one I would throw out is Big Truths for Young Hearts by Bruce Ware. Big Truths for Young Hearts. This is for kind of older kids, like elementary school age. Yeah. Uh, really, really good book though. Um, one that I think that is good to have in your repertoire that your kids can go to. Um, and we've already mentioned Jesus Storybook Bible and the Hug a Bible by Sally Lloyd Jones. Um, give us another one Tyler man I'm just gonna go ahead and just jump ahead to this one because this is like one of my favorites I've ever the biggest story how the snake crusher brings us back to the garden my son is 18 <laughs> months old and that is the brightest book I mean just yeah, the, 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 awesome the, the, the illustration yeah, and that stuff and good. so um he doesn't sit all the way through it yet like he's getting to the point where he can he's starting to enjoy yeah. it more but um, he grabs that book all the time. Like he yeah. will go over to his little bookshop and he'll grab it and he'll bring it to me. And I'm like, dude, I'm so glad you're grabbing this book. And so if you can, man, yeah. get the one, if you buy this, the biggest story, how the snake crusher brings us back yeah, to the garden. Kevin DeYoung. Yeah. If you're going to do that, get the one that has the DVD of the story in it and it has an animation of it. And man, my kids will be glued for 25 minutes watching that whenever we I, throw I it didn't in. I didn't even know there was a DVD for yeah, it. Yeah. There's so one. I yeah. will order that like, yeah. ASAP. Yep. Another one I'll throw in there. Um, my first books and more. Okay, that's a weird. This my first book about God. My first book about the Bible. But you can just get all of them together in one book. It's about fifteen bucks. Called My First Books and More, and it will have all these truths that are just good. You can you can use it as a three minute devotional with your family. Really simple, especially good for younger kids, but even for older kids. Uh, and then the last one I want to throw out there is yeah, helping I, children to understand the gospel. I was actually googling this because I didn't know what it was. I was yeah. like, what? I've never seen this resource. So before. it's a pamphlet. It's by originally by Children Desiring God. 
God, which is an offshoot of DesiringGod.org, which comes from John Piper. But it's a resource for families. The first half of this pamphlet is telling you how to share the gospel with your kids. And the second half of it is actually, uh, I think it's 10 devotionals that you take your kids through so that they can understand the gospel, leading them hopefully to faith. Um, The new name of the company is Truth78. So if you go to Truth78.org, the number 78, Truth78.org, and you can find this pamphlet or books and pamphlets, Helping Children to Understand the Gospel. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of other good ones too, but that's a really good one. Yeah, that one is, uh, I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm like, man, like, this is like a great resource just to like pass out. Like yeah. Food. And so I've never seen this, so I'm going to look into it. It's really good. So listen, thank you so much for listening into us again on this ReChurch podcast. Um, we just want to see what we can do to help people become apprentices of Jesus as we shift and change as the church to become a place that is not just a place for teaching, but is also a place for training and equipping, like training and equipping families to be disciple makers. So Lord, we ask you to use this time and to use this in such a way that you would build us up and make us into the people we need to be for your glory and for our families. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in. See you next week.